up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Hook him up for sure. Also on uh, what the facts, Rod. We may have had the uh, fan on the field hit of the hit of all time <laughs> last night in Philadelphia. Billy's fan decided to be smart to jump out of the stands and run onto the field in the outfield. Started mm. sprinting across the field. Not good. Security guard met him. And oh, nice. That's a deep leader. That's a nice tackle. Yeah, I mean, it's a haymaker. Ooh. Dude, D leader. Both took a little mm. little violence there. Okay, it's a nice tackle. Sometimes you got to give <laughs> you got to give yourself up. Old boy thought he was free and clear, right? He thought he had outrun the uh, security, and boom, didn't see him coming blindside. Oh, he started celebrating too soon. Yeah, he Maybe did. He had his hands in there. He's celebrating, looking at the crowd, trying to show off. Now, nah, man, you got to make sure you you get you get to a safe safe place first. You weren't safe yet. Still surrounded by security. Mm-mm. Didn't work out well for him, man. It ain't good. That is funny. Mm-mm. That is really funny. Uh, but, you know, don't run on the field. Don't go on the field, Rod. Hey. Your team's winning. You're playing well. Phillies are doing their thing. Don't run on the field. Just, uh, yeah, just enjoy the experience with the gin pop. It's okay. You ain't got to be special. Well, he's special now. <laughs> hey, coming he's up special. this hour, Rod will have his rant. his first of the day. Uh, part of uh, uh, every 7 o'clock hour. Also get a full preview of this Astros-Rangers game tonight. Uh, and we'll play some bullish or BS for the end of the hour as we get you cranking up. Talking Texas and Houston, the uh, week of the Big 12, as we talked about last week, was kind of a coming-out party for some young quarterbacks. The Big 12 still evolving and the team still you know, making moves. Uh, in Lubbock, it was the freshman quarterback Avery Johnson for, for K-State, Rod, taking over for Will Howard. Mm-hmm. Had a huge game, scored five touchdowns with his legs. Uh, rushed for 91 yards and five scores. Big-time athlete, big-time player that uh, will be challenging Will Howard now uh, for that starting job at K-State. Uh, Redshirt freshman Josh Hoover at TCU is a name to watch. He's from uh, uh, Rockwall, Texas. Uh, so we were watching the Big 12, Rod. Uh, it's hard to determine who's the third-best team in the Big 12. It, we know Texas and Oklahoma are the two best teams. It's hard, really, to figure out who the third team is going to be to separate because these teams are now, some of them are just starting to figure out who they are. they got quarterback changes, uh, the quarterback inconsistency in the Big 12. Remember last year, only one quarterback played, started, and played every game for his team last season, and that was Hunter Deckers for Iowa State, who now has been dismissed from the team because of the gambling scandal uh, that Iowa State had to deal with. Um, so uh, once again, you know, we're learning this lesson. I think every uh, program has to learn this lesson. you got to make sure you got the backup quarterback situated because you're going to need them, uh, whether because of competitive uh, balance or because uh, your underperforming quarterback injury, doesn't matter. You're going to need that other quarterback. No question. Um, no go out. Hey, let's get the other headlines, though. Trending topics to start your uh, two, your Wednesday morning, I should say. Uh, second hour of a Wednesday. Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment bring you the top stories. And we'll start with the Longhorns. The 8th ranked Horns continuing their prep. Game week coming up Saturday down in Houston. 3 o'clock kick with the Houston Cougars. Cougars are 3-3. Three and three, Texas 5-1, and one, ranked 8th in the country. Several midseason honors announced yesterday for the Texas football team and program. Five Longhorns, linebacker Jalen Ford, defensive lineman Tavondre Sweat, offensive tackles Christian Jones and Kelvin Banks. Also the uh, tight end Jatavion Sanders, all named to the Lombardi Award watch list by the Rotary Club of Houston yesterday. Texas offensive line as a unit was named to the Joe Moore Award midseason honor roll. While Texas head coach Steve Sarkeesian, one of 26 head coaches named to the 2023 Paul Bear Bryant Awards watch list. First-year Texas State head coach G.J. Kenney also on that list as well. He's guided the uh, Bobcats to their best start in the program's FBS history in his first year there. 
in hoops. It was a packed house at the Gregory Gym last night where Texas men's basketball hosted their annual orange-white scrimmage. Signaling the start of a new season, of course, with Rodney Terry in his first full year. Uh, along with his return, returning forward Dylan Mitchell led the uh, Orange to a 34-23 win in the scrimmage. Sophomore led all scores with 10 points. He also grabbed six boards and blocked three shots. The incoming guard, Max Asmus, scored seven for Team Orange. The returning guard, Tyrese Hunter, had five points and three assists. Rodney Terry's horns picked to finish third in the preseason Big 12 coaches poll. They'll open the season ranked at 18th. In the AP Top 25, Texas will be back on the floor at Moody Center for the first time this year. It's hosting St. Edwards in an exhibition game on October the 30th. High expectations for the Texas women's basketball team as well this season. Head coach Vic Schaefer's squad returns 88% of their scoring and 94% of their rebounding from last year's team. And it includes point guard Rory Harmon, who yesterday was selected as the Big 12's preseason player of the year. And they'll we'll add Madison Booker as well. She was selected as the Big 12's preseason freshman of the year by uh, the coaches. They're going to open their season ranked 13th in the preseason AP Top 25. Baseball, another electric atmosphere in Philadelphia last night. Red Hot Phillies did not disappoint. Kyle Schwarber blasted a pair of home runs. Trey Turner added another. Phillies bombed the Arizona Diamondbacks 10 to nothing in Game 2 of the NLCS. Should be quite an electric atmosphere in Arlington tonight. That's where the streaking Rangers 7-0. In this postseason, we'll host the Houston Astros. It's only their second home game in this seven-game streak. Max Scherzer will make his return from that arm injury suffered in early September. He'll be back on the mound facing Christian Javier in Game 3. One note from the National Football League. Philadelphia Eagles have signed Julio Jones, the wide receiver, to join their wide receiver corps, joining A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Halloween here is scarier than an OU cheerleader without makeup. But nothing scarier than missing out on employee pricing on all our zero-turn mowers this month at Top Gun. TopGun.net will shoot you straight. Yeah, uh, honestly, man, the Phillies and the Rangers. I said that yesterday I don't think anybody's playing better than the Rangers, and then you watch Philly, and, and then you feel like nobody's playing better than Philly right now. And they got the pitching to match. They're setting home run records. Like, you know, it's like going out of style. They are right now just bombs away. But the pitching has been really good. The lowest ERA in the first eight games of a single postseason is the 1983 Orioles. The Phillies are second right behind them right now at 1.39. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's it's total combination. It's like the Rangers, right, playing near near flawless baseball, taking early leads. Taking the momentum of the game, getting the crowd behind it. Uh, Rangers were able to take the, on the, all these road games. They were able to take the crowd out of it on these road spots. I mean, there wasn't a crowd in Tampa. We should be fair. They didn't draw many any fans for those games. Uh, but in Baltimore, it was a frenzied crowd, and you quiet them early with some early runs, and did it in Houston as well. Uh, and Philadelphia, man, they do seem like they're on a collision course right now. Uh, the way they went through Atlanta, I mean, Atlanta won the one game five to four, but man, uh, it was just all. Philadelphia in the other games, and then this Arizona series has been very one-sided. They've outscored them 15-3 to so far in the two wins. Uh, so, yeah, very, very impressive. Yeah, no, uh, it is, and uh, entertaining, too. I'll uh, give them that. I mean, the the, the home runs, that's an entertaining brand of baseball to watch with the Phillies. They it's are fun, fun right? Fun. I mean, yeah, and and they, they got a lot of energy playing at that uh, that what the, the park, bank, the bank, as they call it, Citizens Bank Park. Um, it's fun to watch games there because they – they 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 bombs away there. They they they're out homering their opponents by thirty seven home runs in the playoffs in that ballpark, which is unbelievable. I mean that's just that's the kind of baseball I think that Rob Manfred wants to see. Um, you got a lot you got a lot of home runs in this postseason anyway. From I want to say from the jump they've had a lot of home runs. I bet it they've set no, I don't know if they set a record, but I bet they're close to setting some type of modern record for home runs in the postseason just from what Philly's done. 
Yeah. Lighten it up. Lighten it up. And I mean, the, uh, the Phillies have more home runs than the Astros have runs. Yeah, that's true. Wow. <laughs> Astros need to get the bats wow. going. Well and done, uh, Ranger pitching has been outstanding. Might take a shot there. Yeah, well, that's, that's true. <laughs> though. It's, that's a fact. That's, it is a fact. It's a shot, but it's a, it's a true fact shot. Uh, it, it is actually true. Uh, all right, so we got a lot to do uh, coming up. We'll preview Astros, Rangers, and Phillies props. Rod, do you think Julio Jones has any impact? You know, Julio Jones signed by the Philadelphia Eagles. And if you're a Cowboys fan, you're kind of watching that thing. Okay, what's, what's Julio Jones got? Apparently this came on kind of the suggestion of A.J. Brown, who played with him in Tennessee, that maybe thinks Julio Jones mm. still has something that can help that team. Jalen Hurts and that offense struggling a little bit. Uh, it's funny, I was listening to, I saw a clip from the uh, Travis Kelsey, from a Travis Kelsey, smelling like a dream, according to Aaron Andrews. Smells like a dream. They were doing their Heights Up podcast, and Jason Kelsey was just, and they were talking about him getting really animated on the sidelines, uh, and he said the um, they're having real red zone issues, and it's, you know, it's, it's pretty amazing. We're talking about the Longhorns, Cowboys, and really, Rod, when you look at red zone, it, it's a problem across football right now. A lot of teams in the National Football League and in college football having problems in the red zone, scoring touchdowns, mm-hmm. one of them being Philadelphia, who was so good in the red zone last year. Uh, I find that interesting that even you know Longhorn fans are, are struggling. Sark's talking about it. It's a, it's a red flag issue for them right now. Uh, and now you know maybe go get Julio Jones, see if you can, you can add another target. Another piece uh, to, and you know, right now, now that he's back in the league, Julio Jones leads all active NFL players in both receiving yards and receptions. The question is, does he have anything left? No, he should, honestly, he's just hunting records. I, I don't think Julio Jones has anything left. Nothing left. <laughs> I've, I've watched Julio Jones recently, and he's he's got nothing left. I don't. Yeah, that's a reach. That's a reach. That's a reach. Thirty-four years old now. Yeah, I always said I've watched him, and I I don't I don't, I, I don't think he. I don't think he's anything better than like a third team, third receiver on the team. I don't know if he can be. He's definitely not a a wide receiver one anymore. And I don't know if he's a wide receiver two either. I mean, they're not bringing him in for that. I'm saying, but I don't know if he gives you much juice in the offense. I don't know if that's it. But Julio Jones, he was just with what? Who was he? Who was he with? Tennessee? Who was he with prior to that? He was with um, the Bucks last year. The Bucks last in Tennessee year. the year before. Tennessee that. before. Yeah, you forget where he was at. Yeah, he had a good game against the Cowboys in the playoffs last year. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying he can't have a good game, but I just don't think he provides you with no, a lot of juice. I'm not. He's yeah. not going to move the needle. Not for me. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on that with yeah. Philadelphia. It is something to watch if you're a Cowboys fan. Of course, that's your division. You have two matchups with the Eagles this year uh, that you have not played either of them yet. So uh, that's one to keep an eye on that came down in the National Football League. We've got Astros Rangers to preview. We'll do some bullish or BS, including Rod. You see the uh, the athletic director at Notre Dame. Hmm. In front of Cong- in front of uh, a committee yesterday in Washington D.C., suggesting that uh, and advocating for collective bargaining among student athletes. Collective bargaining. We'll get you details on that and talk about whether we're bullish or BS on those conversations. But uh, right now, Rod, can you tell me about Bud Light and then let's get a rant? Uh, no question. I can tell you about Bud Light because it is Hump Day and nothing gets you downhill over the hump. Headed to the weekend. Like a nice ice cold Bud Light. So remember uh, when you're ready to decompress after a long, hard day, you want to f- make it feel like the weekend because the weekend's all about having a good time, all about uh, making sure that you enjoy uh, those football festivities. Nothing better than enjoying America's favorite game and America's favorite beer, football, and Bud Light. That is a championship tag team. So this weekend, whether you're tailgating, it's also the perfect tailgating beverage. Uh, whether you are having watch parties for your favorite team, uh, doesn't matter. Make sure that you break out the Bud Light. You want to be the light for the party? Bring Bud Light to the party. Still my go-to beer for the Longhorn tailgate. 
tailgates on Saturdays, but also my NFL Sundays, but even to decompress after a long, hard day, to reward myself after yard work doesn't matter what the occasion, Bud Light is always the perfect fit. That's why it's the number one light beer in the world and always my go-to. Should be your go-to as well, so make sure your fridge is stocked up with Bud Light. Happy hour for dinner, doesn't really matter because uh, there's always a great reason to break out the Bud Light. Uh, remember folks, uh, Bud Light brew deep in the heart of Texas by Texans, for Texans, and damn proud of it. Rod's Rant of the Day is brought to you by Apple Leasing, the easiest and safest way to get a new car, any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and experience how easy it is. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, you've done it now. It's time for Rod's Rant of the Day. Hold on to your butts. Okay, so yesterday we were talking about Dak Prescott's performance um, versus uh, this performance versus the Chargers. And by the way, Pro Football Focus, uh, they love Dak's performance. They have him as the highest graded quarterback um, in last last week uh, of all the quarterbacks in last week's slate of games. Dak Prescott ended in up being the highest graded quarterback with a 90 uh, Pro Football Focus grade. Um, but that's not where we get into. I want to talk about Dak's connection with his wide receivers. Uh, the stat from the, the game that really kind of stood out to me was Dak was 21 of 30. He had nine incompletions. Seven of those were to one player, to Michael Gallup. All right, so seven of his nine incompletions in that game came to Michael Gallup, and I thought to myself, man, I wonder what Dak's chemistry is like with Michael Gallup. Uh, not great, actually. Um Michael Gallup, here are the stats for Michael Gallup and Dak when Dak is targeting uh, Michael Gallup. 54% completion percentage when targeting Michael Gallup. Um, 197 yards, so 6.4 yards per attempt when targeting Gallup. And zero touchdowns, one interception, a passer rating of 60.8. Ooh. That is that's all year long targeting Michael. I have no idea what's going on with Dak and Michael Gallup. I know he likes Michael Gallup in terms of targets because he has the second most targets behind CeeDee Lamb. CeeDee Lamb's got 42, he's got 31. But CeeDee Lamb, when he targets CeeDee Lamb, 81% completion percentage, 11.3 yards per attempt, one touchdown, zero interceptions, and a 121.7. Passer rating in that game versus the Chargers, Dak was seven of seven targeting CeeDee Lamb. CeeDee Lamb was unbelievable in that game. Um, I went and looked at now Brandon Cook's numbers are equally as ugly. Yeah. Not gonna lie to you. Uh, when he's targeting Brandon Cooks, you're talking about a 56% completion percentage, 4.7 yards per attempt, one touchdown, three interceptions, with a 43 passer rating. See, that's so, not good. So, like, and I, I'll, give you, I'll give you all the receivers really quickly, all right? Um, he's actually Jalen Tolbert and Kevontae Turpin, because Turpin plays receiver, I guess, technically. Those are the only other two receivers that I have here with uh, targets from Dak, and they're better. Both of them are at 83. Basically, both of them at 83% completion percentage. Um, both are at 51 yards. That's crazy. Eight and a half yards per attempt. Uh, one touchdown to Turpin, zero to Tolbert, but zero interceptions. 141 passer rating to Turpin, 102 passer rating to Tolbert. So at least those guys in that the fourth and fifth spot aren't hurting you. But your second and third wide receivers 
right now are giving you nothing. E. As a matter of fact, you could argue their liability at times in the passing game. Yeah, well, look, I mean, the, the obviously after last year's loss in January to the 49ers in the playoffs, it was, okay, we need more weapons for Dak, right? When Tony Pollard got hurt in that game, they really didn't have another go-to outside of C.D. Lamb, and the uh, 49ers were able to, to eliminate him, and then they're wondering where else to go. Dalton Schultz, I guess, was your name, your best. But So they let Zeke Elliott go, and they let Dalton Schultz go down to Houston. Uh, they franchise tag Tony Pollard, and he's supposed to be your established go-to. Michael Gallup is supposed to be back and be the, the player he was before his injury, and Brandon Cooks was brought in. But you just went through the numbers. So far, the result's not good. It's still C.D. Yeah. Lamb and Tony Pollard. And, and I'll say this, Rod, for the Cowboys, nothing's going to matter if they don't figure out this offensive line. I mean, they, they do not get a push on the O-line right now. Um, you know, whether it was the Niner, even in the game against the Chargers, they couldn't run the ball. Dak Prescott was their leading rusher. Uh, with 40 yards, that's not that's not optimal as you move forward. They've got to figure out in this bye week, the Texas Coast offense is one thing, but they got to figure out what they're doing up front, Rod, and they've got to get that fixed yeah. or else it's going to be a problem. Um, because, look, if you're in Philadelphia, your main competition in that division, I mean, you know, however it goes, Jalen Hurts, you know, can continue. Get, they're going to be good up front, right? They're going to get a push. They're going to be one of the best offensive lines in the league. Cowboys can't say that right now. Detroit has one of the best offensive lines in the league, right? When Trent Williams is healthy, mm-hmm. the Niners have one. Right now, the Dallas Cowboys do not. Eagles and, have one. And that's what I'm saying. I mean, your yeah. main contenders are really good up front, yep. and you're not right now, even though you won the game. Uh, but but don't just take, take a, lo- a win and say that covers everything up because you saw a, an undisciplined team with 11 more turn uh, penalties, uh, no run game. There's a lot to fix for the Cowboys, even though you're 4-2 and two and – Still trying to figure out how you lost that Arizona game to a one and five Arizona team. Their only win was against you, uh, so you got a lot of uh, you know man in the mirror moments during this playoff. You're during this week off in my mind. Okay, how are we going to get better up front? How are we going to get more for more push? What are you seeing from your Cowboys, Ty, uh, with with the receivers and this this offense looking disjointed right now? Um, I'm I'm starting to realize it's a long season, and maybe I should get back on the bandwagon. Oh a no, bit. here he comes. Um, right, he's coming back. I sent you all some sound of good. Micah Parsons from his podcast on Bleach Report, which we've listened to a few times on this show. Where, I mean, he he brought up some good points about how the media, uh, us included, kind of hate on the Cowboys unnecessarily sometimes when teams like the Eagles and are losing to the Jets and Jalen Hurts is throwing three interceptions and maybe they aren't getting the hate that they they deserve. So I, I I'm I'm I liked what I saw in the win this week. I didn't think it was a great performance from Dak, but he did. A, what he needed to do, and he played well, used his legs. So I'm, as long as they keep uh, trying to incorporate CD Lamb, get Pollard going, I, th- I think we'll be all right. It's just going to come down to that that matchup, probably against the 49ers in the playoffs. Well, and I think I will use what Dak said about the the media attention when you wear. He said when you wear the star on the helmet, Rod, you you know you're going to be a billboard. You're gonna you're going to take a lot, right? If you're the stars on your helmet, especially if you're the quarterback, you're going to take a lot of attention, good or bad. Good or bad. Yeah, I mean, we should be Crap. criticizing Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts was terrible on Sunday. Yeah, it was a bad performance. And the loss to the Jets, I mean, he was really bad. Yeah. I mean, that interception yeah. he threw out the game, that, that loss in the game. Well, you could have punted the ball away there and gave the ball to Zach Wilson. That's 100%. And, on your defense. and that's also yeah. on Nick Sirianni. I mean, look, why would you let your, the Jets' defense beat you? Josh Allen and the Bills showed you that. Don't let the Jets' defense punt the ball. I mean, it was third and nine, Rod. It was third and nine. It was 143 to go in the game. If you punt the ball, you know, don't get the first down, just run the ball. Don't get it punt. You, do you trust that Zach Wilson's going to take that team the length of the field against your defense and no. put it in the end zone? Probably not. No. You played right into their hands by throwing there, and it was a, it was a throw that Jalen Hurts can't make. Yeah. And it ends up a pick, and they then get a short field, and Brees Hall scores a touchdown, and that's the ball game. 
Um, but that's two of the law. That's two of the wins for the Jets so far this year. Josh Allen did the same thing. Yeah. It's like if you had, if you just play a more conservative game and force, all right, their backup quarterback Zach Wilson to beat you, he probably can't do it. No, he can't. Their defense can beat you, and they played right into their hands. You start challenging their defense. Their defense was up to the task. Um, so yeah, and that's why actually Dak had a really. If you go look at the numbers. Um, versus the Jets defense, he actually had one of the better analytical performances versus the Jets of any quarterback because the Jets defense is actually really, really good. Um, Dak got a 90.7 passing grade uh, versus the Chargers in that Monday night game. Uh, that was the best of any quarterback in Week 6. He was 7-9 against pressure, uh, 11.6 yards per attempt, throws of 10-plus yards, 7-11. of 11. Um, I mean, he actually played a really good game, and that's cause, and that's by the way, that is not a product of the system. The Texas Coast offense is not a great offense. It doesn't give him a schematic advantage. Uh, I'm not necessarily being a Dak sympathizer. I'm just telling you from based on watching the film, Cowboys use motions and shifts like pre pre snap motions and shifts um, at the below average rate in the NFL, which is absurd. Uh, they use bunch formations, empty formations. Three by one sets, um, unbalanced sets below the NFL average, and their RPO rate right now is below the NFL average. There is no excuse for to being for being that antiquated. And that I'm not using those cheat codes. Yeah, uh, everyone else in the league is using it. You're not, and uh, you're putting your quarterback in a spot there. And he, look, Dak has to play better. But again, as I say, he, he played he, good. He yeah, he, well, more consistently better, yeah. right? Um, yeah, he didn't play great yeah. against Arizona. He didn't obviously played awful like the whole team did against the 49ers. So they've got a they got a bye week now. They don't play this week. Uh, they got to get get better. And it starts for me up front, and um, as you said, using more creativity. So it's not to not criticize Jalen Hurts, but at the same time, that was their first loss of the year, and he played a bad game in that game. Cowboys have more losses in them, and maybe a lot if they can't get get to run in the football with Tony Pollard, because uh, Dak, Dak Prescott is not going to carry this team. <laughs> He's not going to put this team on his back every week. Uh, he's not good enough to do that. Uh, and as you just went through, Brandon Cooks and and you know maybe Michael Gallup not playing up to the level they need them either. Well, by the way, that Jets win over the Eagles, Rod. Mm-hmm. Think about this. You know, we talk about TV ratings and how popular football is right now. That Jets win. Uh, even without Aaron Rodgers, people are tuning into the Jets. They beat the Eagles, and it was the America's Game of the Week game. 26.09 million people tuned into that game. It is the most watched TV so- show since the Super Bowl of last year mm-hmm. and you did. on Fox. Yeah, but it, it, but you did have a lot of hype for it, right? They had the hard knocks, so the Jets oh, yeah. hyped up. Aaron Rodgers, um, you know, he's he's showing he's showing up, making appearances and cameos, even when he's not playing. Yeah, uh, the the Kelsey connection. Uh, to Taylor Swift because uh, Travis Kelsey showed up for a little bit because he was there, what, filming some stuff for SNL or whatever. So he showed up a little bit. It was. I mean, it, they, they, it, the NFL is America's number one television show for a reason. And getting back to the Dallas Cowboys about Michael Parsons, and we'll hear that sound of him saying, oh, man, maybe people, they pick on the Cowboys unfairly. The Cowboys are the number one TV star on the number one TV show in America. That's the breaks. That's how. It, I yeah. mean, you, so you're gonna get a lot of hype, but you also gonna get a lot of hate. That's hey. the way, way it goes down. <laughs> and you know what? Jerry Jones wouldn't have it any other way. 
<laughs> but you know what? For Dak, and Dak knows this, and it's good for Micah Parsons to come to his defense at some level. I think that's probably a good thing. Oh, yeah. Same time, I wish Micah Parsons wasn't doing his own weekly podcast. Oh, these guys are all doing podcasts. I get it. Yeah, uh, same nah, time, yeah. We're past that point now. They're all doing Bill it. Bill Parcells would, couldn't take it. He, he pulled he his hair out. Mind. He loses, loses his mind. mind. <laughs> what the? You're talking what? Right, exactly. <laughs> After every game? <laughs> but, you know, think about it for Dak Prescott. It, you know, being the Dallas Cowboys quarterback, yes, it comes with a lot of criticism. Yeah. But it also comes with a lot of perks. You go, Hell yeah. You come straight out of that into a TV booth Come uh, on, and man. make a lot of money like Tony Romo and the Troy The endorsements Aikman. he's got right now? I mean, Jason Dak? Garrett. I mean, uh, I don't know if anybody's got more endorsement deals than Dak. I'm talking about quarterbacks in the league right now. Not that Tom Brady's out. Yeah. Like, who's got more endorsement deals than Dak probably? Nobody. Right. Well, and you know yeah. what the and you know what the future holds. Just look at all the former Cowboys who are doing broadcasting. Come on now, they're everywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you, Damn right. Uh, so yes, the, you got to take the go with the bad. Uh, but so yeah, I think if you know if you're Dak Prescott and you have a three interception performance, you're going to be the talk of the national conversation. I think that's just the way it goes being on that team. Three consecutive interceptions. Oh man, Con- straight three straight drives. Come on, man. And I know in Philadelphia, <laughs> there's a lot of criticism of. It's so maybe the, the the Philadelphia Phillies are kind of overlapping Jalen Hurts a little bit, and they're not totally freaking out in Philadelphia about his performance. All right, we'll come back uh, when we do. We'll pick up these conversations and more, plus bullish or BS for the end of the hour. Notre Dame's Jack Swarbrick, the athletic director, says it's time to consider collectively bargaining with student athletes. We'll get you details on that for the end of the hour. Took them up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook Em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Several people mentioned Patrick Mahomes has more commercial deals than Dak, but he probably does. Patrick Mahomes, he's everywhere. It's true. Yeah. Travis Kelsey now, everywhere. And he smells like a dream, Rod, according to Aaron Andrews. Smells like a dream. Smells like a dream. <laughs> Smells like a dream. Hey, before the top of the hour, we'll get the bullish or BS conversations. We're talking uh, Texas and Houston. Um, a little like a Longhorn basketball in the conversation this morning because they had their their uh, game over at Gregory Gym. Now, Ty, you didn't go over to Gregory Gym, did you? Try to get some free, free pizza. That didn't happen? I did not. Yesterday didn't was my know. nap day. Nap day. Nice. Nice. <laughs> um, but, yes, so we're – and, by the way, can we – you know, Ty, you remember we played yesterday, Rod? The guy who was in jail, like in, in jail, oh, yeah. like in, in the Hooskow, mm-hmm. and needed to make $10,000 bond, and the video emerged of him calling his, his guy, his cousin, and placing a six-game parlay and hitting and winning $13,000 Wow! to be able to post bail. How incredible was that? Do we still have this audio type of the, uh, the guy making the pick? So... I said, I said to Ty, I said, well, why don't we reach out to him and see, see if he can help us make picks on Fridays of our big games. This guy mm-hmm. knows what he's talking about. He's bailing himself out with these things. This is pretty awesome. Uh, let, let's hear, do we have this dear T.Y.? Uh, this, we sick. know this guy's name? Rashid. 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 So this guy, okay, how am I going to get out of this pickle? I'm in jail. I need out, Rod, but I know my stuff. And so, you know, parlays are, I don't ever recommend them when you're gambling if you're looking to do that kind of thing. Because the odds are long that you're going to hit all six, right? You go five and one. If you just make single individual bets on those six, you still did pretty good if you went five and one. But if you miss one, you lose the whole bet, right? Oh, yeah. So now you're sucks about it. So now you're out. So apparently Ty found his, his TikTok channel, contacted him, and you say we may hear from him on Friday. Yes, he did respond, trying to get a <laughs> trying to get a date. Nice. Uh, I can't find the sound though, but I'll, I'll find it for 
All right, we'll get it coming up. But, yes, he, he hit all six, man. He had the Jets. He had the Jets, Rod. I'm on the money line. Who does that? Jets are going to beat the Eagles. No way. I don't know how he did that. That's pretty wild. And he also he had five football games, and he also threw in a WNBA New York New York Liberty game into that bad boy. I don't know how the hell he knew that either. The guy does his research. Hit Pretty it. damn obvious he does his research. Got a lot of time on his hands. Mm, that's true. That's good point. Anyway, at least he uses it wisely. He's using his time wisely. He's, and he bets on himself. Man ain't afraid to bet on himself. Do we know what he was in jail for? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, we probably should figure that out. Probably should figure that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't probably should research crime. on that. We're not, yeah, we're not. Probably should research that, Ty. I, I kind of jokingly said, Ty, when we got to try to get a hold of him, and now he's got him. I don't. I, now you don't know what to do. <laughs> now you might. <laughs> now you got to do some real. Now you got to actually do some due diligence. Figure out why this guy went to jail. Yeah, yeah. You don't want <laughs> to figure exactly. that out. Can ask him some questions. Well, I don't know. Well, hopefully he'll tell you the complete truth, but you might need to do your own research on that. <laughs> Just some background. I need a last name first. Yeah, that's true. You can you can cyber stop. I'm sure you can figure it out online. I'm sure it's out there somewhere. It's got to be public record. Well, if, if He's he going calls to jail. Us, we'll ask him. <laughs> What'd you go to jail for, man? Mm, don't ask him on air. Ask him. Ask him on your own. Ty, do a re- do some research on that. There you go. I'll figure it out. All right. Thank you. National No Beard Day, too, by the way, Ty. No beard. Now, you're not in jeopardy of, of shaving your beard because we made a bet with you. Mm, it ain't going nowhere. Nope. You no. trying to reverse jinx this or what? No, it's not happening. It's National No Beard Day. Remember, the bet you and I made against Ty, we took the Astros because we're Astros fans. You're wearing your Astros hat today. Looks sharp. Hey, I'm wondering why Old I still can. Astrodome on there. Where <laughs> you still can. Yeah, uh, but Ty... Committed to committed to the bit that he would shave his beard if the Astros win this series. They got a long way to go now, uphill climb. Uh, but shave his beard, which he hasn't done in years, and he thinks he looks hideous without it. So, but today is National No Beard Day, Ty. So maybe we reverse jinx this thing, get this thing back on track. We do need to win tonight. If you're an Astros fan, it's Christian Javier. Mm-hmm. Here, here's a here's an interesting spot. Uh, Christian Javier was asked yesterday what his favorite reptile is or animal, and oh, he no. said crocodile. Crocodiles. said crocodile because they look calm, but when they get you under the water, mm-hmm. it's over. It's They're very aggressive. Yeah. And if you know Christian Javier, that's kind of how he is. He's kind of a smooth operator. He just kind of saw mm. strides. He never gets too animated, too amped up. The Astros need him to be big. Meanwhile, mm. the uh, opposing pitcher tonight is Max Scherzer, and Max Scherzer uh, is Mr. Intensity. You know what's interesting about Max Scherzer? If you haven't noticed this, Rob, when you watch the game tonight, he has two different color eyes. Oh, yeah, I've seen this before, actually. Yeah, it's like you got one brown eye, one yeah. green eye. Yeah. And so it's kind of weird when you see him. Mm, it's intimidating. Yeah. <laughs> but he is, I mean. He's the crazy eye. I mean, yeah, the, the, the Texas Rangers you know, couldn't have asked for a better, better situation here. They went to Houston, won two games against the defending champs. Now you get to come home with your crowd with Max Scherzer on the mound. And this guy's, you know, he's going to go straight to the Hall of Fame when his career is over. The Rangers acquired him at the trade deadline for a spot just like this and an opportunity just like this, and now it's here. And, you know, it was very much in doubt when he got hurt right at the uh, in, right at the start of September, right when he was 10, the 10th of September. Uh, they had the shoulder injury, a little bit of a strain of his shoulder. It wasn't, they didn't need surgery. It just needed enough rest to, to be able to bounce back, and they needed to play this far, Rod. They needed to get into the mm-hmm. playoffs and then play into this. They, maybe, they thought maybe it was the World Series it would be before he'd be back. Well, here he is, ready to go, and I think as as baseball observers, we're just going to watch this and see. Do you get what? Which Mad Max do you get? Do you get a little over over amped, maybe rusty, 
who will be leaving some balls over the middle of the plate that the Astros can get after, or if you get really good Max Scherzer, this will be a real problem for Houston tonight. Uh, yeah, I mean, and he did have what the, we said, the practice simulation game. So, I mean, they wouldn't have put him out there to start if they didn't think he looked good there. Different situation, though, under pressure, under the lights. But at least he's at home. He's on the uh, favorable conditions at home. And I don't know. I think it's, I think it's bad news potentially for the Astros. I, I don't know if he, how rusty he'll be. And how, I think they'll have a plan for the rust. Right? You can't assume that if he starts out shaky that they're just going to leave him out there. But you're right about that. And, and the fact right? that he only threw you know, under 70 Oh. Under seventy pitches for, you know the, uh, the the simulated game that he threw, but that's really it, right? I mean that you can do a simulated game. You are facing live batters. Um, you, know, you you've got guys in the box that you're dealing with, but again, it's a, it's it's practice. And now you're going to be in front of you know a sellout crowd, a frenzied sellout crowd. Um, the adrenaline will be through the roof, and how he handles that. And when I say rust, Rod, I mean rust to me means your your location's off, right? You're you're up more than you want to be, uh, and you're leaving play, balls in places where you know a good hitting team or at times a great hitting team like the Astros can get after it. And that's what Jordan Montgomery and uh, Nathan Evaldi didn't do. They they kept the Astros off balance. They mm. made the Astros swing at bad pitches a lot of times, or pitches they wanted them to swing at. We'll see if Max Scherzer can. Uh, can bring that too because remember when he had come over from the Mets at the deadline he had not been pitching that good in New York. I mean he had pitched oh I mean he was pretty pretty average when the rain but they acquired him for this and when he came over he actually pitched really good uh with the Rangers. He he really was lightened was 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 uh the intimidating uh, you know, top of the rotation, a pitcher they were looking for, and then he got hurt, and we haven't seen him since. So I think his ERA three point two since he's come over with the uh, from the rain from to the Rangers and that deadline deal. So uh, pretty good theater tonight, Rod, in this game because you have Christian Javier, who's just as oh, calm yeah. as they be, but he's calm as they come, mm-hmm. and he's been here many Story times. Uh, he's got that rising fastball. Uh, he'll pitch off of it. Uh, and he's again, he's a big game pitcher, and has been for the Houston and Astros in these playoff runs. Max Scherzer has been a big game pitcher, but he hasn't pitched in a month, so or more than a month, about five weeks. How does he look tonight? I can't wait to watch this game. Seven oh three tonight. The uh, start's going to be crucial for the Astros. They got to start fast. So they don't start fast. I eh, I feel like uh, it, the the Rangers would have the advantage after that. And start fast. I mean, first two innings. Says Rodney, that bet with Ty was uneven. What do you mean uneven? I gotta wear a uniform. I think it's ranking. worse for me. Mine actually oh. affects my life for more than five hours. Yeah, you. But you agreed to it. I know. <laughs> well, because he was keeps confident. Because y'all were like, "Oh, we're not, we're not young. We're not going to do anything crazy." Like, well, I, you know, I got. And go we also we didn't we changed it. We're not doing the HEB. We're going to the batting cages, and I'm going to throw you some pitches. Oh, good. I'll do that. <laughs> That's that. even more fun than walking <laughs> around HEB in a full baseball I uniform. Say, with cleats I think the optics of it would. Be funnier. The HEB thing is way more humiliating, though. Yeah, yeah. but we, I, I want me and Jacob want to make a good video. For, That's for true. This. Yeah, and I think just walking around the HEB would. No, I'll it's walk not, around. Wouldn't, not, wouldn't quite. Do I, it. I could do both. Right I could walk that. around the HEB and could go to the uh, to the batting cage. See, he's willing to humiliate himself for the bet. You better for the not save the bet. I gotta oh. get a helmet. I throw heat. <laughs> I throw heat. Throw the heater. Give him the heater, Ricky. Um, yeah, I mean, no, I, I, I have to wear a Lucha Libre mask for, I don't know, five hours while I do the show. I have no idea if I even breathe in that damn thing. So <laughs> we, we shall see. We shall see. You can take it off during breaks. Well, I got, you know, I, I, I assume, that, I'm just going to assume we're going to get good Max Scherzer tonight. But 
Um, there's a chance, having not pitched in five weeks in a, in a competitive game, in a live game, uh, there could be a chance for the Astros because that's what you know. That's what the Rangers have done in all these games in these these this seven game win streak because they take the lead, they play from the front, mm-hmm. uh, they put the 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 tension into the other dugout. The pressure is on them. Yeah, and that's playoff baseball, man. It's you know, everything is magnified. So if you if you're playing with a lead like they did against Baltimore, they've done against Houston. Um, you put you throw all the uh, tension and all the uh, the nerves into the other dugout. You make them play uphill a little bit, and that was what the Astros would like to do the other way. And especially since these uh, Lone Star rivals, the last time Houston played at Globe Life Field, they cl- they clobbered the Rangers. They outscored them thirty nine to ten. They went six and one in that building this year. So if you're a Houston fan, you know if you could get a lead and start putting some pressure back into their dugout and shades of oh man, here come these guys again. They love playing at the Glow at, at the Gilf. Then all of a sudden, maybe the, the the series shifts a little bit. But obviously, if Scherzer goes out and shuts them down, and they keep you know playing with leads, it's just going to get tougher and tougher. Yeah, on Houston because they're going to teams who score first have won seventy three percent of the game so far in the playoffs. Score first, and it would help if you can get the long ball. I do have the numbers: fifty two percent of all the runs scored in the postseason have been home runs, which is higher than last season postseason, which is forty six percent. And the regular season, we're at 41%. So uh, if you felt like there have been a lot more home runs in this postseason, then you're right. There have been. It says here, one of our our legal experts on the guy who went to jail that said 10K is probably a low-level felony. Low-level felony. Probably (laughs) drug-related. Yeah, this time around, though, Ty said he's been in jail before. Right, so we just well, got to find out why. Well, as long as it's low-level felony stuff, it's all good. You know, not not all crimes are considered equal. So hey, coming back, uh, we will. Mm. Did the NFL plant a fan in the Monday Night Football game? That debate is being had no. on social media. Yes, I've I found some evidence. Oh, she's, she, she's not a plant. We will also maybe no. hear from Rashid, and we'll debate in bullish or BS the Notre Dame athletic director calling for collective bargaining rights for college athletes on Capitol Hill. Did it yesterday. Details coming. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook them up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. All right, Rod, bullish your BS time. By the way, our friend J.J. Gotch is going to jump on with us next hour. Preview Vegas this weekend, Rod. Vegas. The uh, Austin Gamblers, of course, won the regular season title once again in the uh, PBR Team Series. And uh, they're going to Vegas this weekend for the playoffs. Playoffs. Like that. So playoffs. we'll get a preview from J.J. coming up. Also some thoughts on uh, some of the other things going on in baseball elsewhere. But J.J., always great. That'll be coming up. Uh, but Bullish or BS came from our partnership with our friends at the Austin Gamblers. Yes, sir. Great bull riding. And uh, are we Bullish or BS? Let me ask you this, Rod. Are you Bullish or BS on Notre Dame Athletic Director Jack Swarbrick advocating for the NCAA to collectively bargain with athletes after testifying on Capitol Hill Yesterday, they're talking about name, image, and likeness. Uh, Swerbrick did clarify that he's against players being classified as university employees. Okay. He suggested giving athletes a special status that would maintain their positions as full-time students at universities but still allow them to unionize and collectively bargain with a larger entity. 
Uh, he said it's a fairly radical notion, but if we could find a way to reach binding agreements with our student-athletes, most of this goes away. Talking about the, the whirlwind of transfers and all the, uh, the wild, wild west nature of it. He said, we don't have the mechanism to collectively bargain without them becoming employees. It would require a new mechanism yeah. that would recognize the rights of student-athletes to negotiate their terms and conditions of their participation as athletes without being employees. He said, I think it's worth considering. And we're considering. talking about uh, all athletes in all sports, yeah, not I just be- revenue-generating ones? I believe so. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I, it It sounds like a good idea. He says it would require... Logistically, a- yeah. How's it work? How you work it well, out? Well, look, I mean, we've all said throughout this process, uh, before the NIL, before the transfer portal, when the NCAA was doing nothing, it's going to take bold ideas. It's going to take smart people doing creative things. Yep. Because, um, you know, there is no simple answer, or else they would have already had it by now. Uh, but Jack Swarbrick said it would require a piece of legislation that recognizes the rights of students or athletes to enter into a binding agreements with something. There is a challenge here. Are they bargaining with the NCAA or the conference? It can't be school by school. You need some type of competitive equity. Um, which so the meaning piece of legislation that would create the mechanism that would become that something, right, Rod? Uh, Leak is what he's saying. Like you, we, we, you know, we we need guidance on this uh, because we can't be they can't be university employees. Because you know, university employees bring you into you know minimum wage laws and, well, and workman's comp yeah. and, and health uh, insurance, insurance and yes. stuff like that. But yeah, which they that's way too complicated for them. Yes. So they basically want to find a middle ground, which is what NIL is. And no, I'm, I'm with I I love the idea of compromise, trying to find some type of middle ground. And yeah, they definitely would need the help of Capitol Hill to and legislation to make this uh, this exemption, right? Uh, it's exception to all the rules, basically what he's talking about here. Yes. And, and they, they got support. There are some senators that are on board trying to move this uh, process along for college football, but it's going to take a long time. Like this is, we're talking about the beginning of a two-decade process or something like that. It's going to take forever. It's going to take a while. It's going to take a while because you got Capitol Hill and they got bigger fish to fry, so they're not prioritizing this but at least your conversations are being had on well, capitol Hill. and at least it's someone who is in the industry making this suggestion and saying that you know this is an idea someone worth considering i believe but same time yes it comes with challenges within that uh of who what is this mechanism uh what are the rights of students he does say he thinks that it would limit you know the transfer portal carousel because you know if you negotiate this if done correctly will lead to players signing binding contracts that would limit their transfer portal carousel and just jump from school to school to school they would be kind of locked in uh to you know stick and stay uh, again sticky situation not a great uh, not a not just a clear black and white path but at least there's someone making some some bold radical ideas yeah, um, not sure if I'm bullish or BS on it. I think I'm, yeah, it needs more study. It just well, like I said, I'm glad the conversations are being had. You know, we we're we're now in a period where at least these people are open to these ideas, and nobody was open to any ideas. You know, twenty, thirty years ago, people were throwing out great ideas, but the NCAA did not want to hear them, and the decision makers were unwilling uh, to compromise on some of their stubborn, antiquated beliefs about amateurism. And now it seems like everybody understands the model has to change, and we have no idea how it's going to look going forward. And however it looks, they're going to be tweaking it constantly for the next 50 years or so. 
Yeah. For a long time, because we just have no idea how it's going to work out. And I think ultimately this will lead to some type of unionization, too, at the college level. If you're going to be collectively bargaining, usually that's with a union. Yeah. With a group, right? Yeah, it is. It is. It you know, is. It's united. Yeah. Uh, union, right? All right, Rod. Bullish or BS? That was a good one right there. That is a, that'll be an ongoing bullish or BS. Yeah. Um, so here's the thing, Rod. Did the NFL plant a fake fan at the NFL game on Monday night? <laughs> She's not fake. They interviewed her already. I know. Pat McAfee in the Pat McAfee show had this lady on. Yeah. The show. But then as... Type discovered, and I saw the same thing. There is video, a picture evidence, pictorial evidence of this very same lady, this fan. She's a Asian lady who was just totally going crazy uh, for, for everything that happened. She went viral because they totally kept showing viral. her. They kept showing her. Chargers don't have a lot of fans anyhow. Most of the fans in that building were Cowboys fans. She's a season ticket holder yep. who moved from Minnesota to LA. All right, we'll let you decide on that coming up. <laughs> because because I have seen the picture Ty is talking about because there's also a picture floating around of her wearing Minnesota Vikings gear. But that would make sense if she, she was a Viking. She moved from Minnesota. You, I like, people can't, you can't move and then change your fandom. And be that hardcore of a fan. In the video in Pac McAfee, she has like char- Chargers helmets like <laughs> behind her. Like she has hey, like an office full of... She goes all in no. when she's dedicated it's, to a fandom. It's so fake. It's so And fake. what she says, she's like, I'm just a huge football fan. It's like, <laughs> no, you're not. Shut up. We have the audio. We'll let you decide. <laughs> Bullish or BS. Plus, we'll go behind the burn orange curtain coming up next hour. And J.J. Gotch helps us preview the, uh, the big event in Vegas this weekend uh, as we get you up over the hump on a Wednesday. It's Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby.